Hey guys, this week's sponsor is Athletic Brewing Co. Non-alcoholic brews. So these guys have been pioneering craft beer revolution where you can enjoy all the great tastes of craft beer delivered to your door without the buzz of the alcohol. And they have some really great new uh, flavors as well. So they have Free Wave Hazy IPA. And I've always enjoyed a nice, strong IPA, but I don't always want the effects of the alcohol. So this is something that I can drink after workout, even before workout, maybe even during a workout. And nobody can say anything, uh, especially the cops on the drive home. So Athletic Brewing comes in these beautiful cans with a variety of flavors from Run Wild IPA to First Ride Coffee Porter. Uh, to having a stout mix pack, which I think a lot of you would enjoy. So check them out at Athletic Brewing Co., which is athleticbrewing.com, and you can use the coupon code BOSS20 to get 20% off your order. Uh, you can even check out a variety case and see what there is and what all this hype is about. Welcome to the Travel Like a Boss podcast, where we interview location-independent entrepreneurs that travel the world like a boss by being their own boss. Here's your host, Johnny FD. Hey, bosses, this is Johnny, and welcome to episode 267 of the Travel Like a Boss podcast. I'm here with my buddy, Andrew Chan, and he is in Thailand. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's uh, funny that the last time we saw each other was in Thailand. Yeah, that, that's true, actually. Uh, we've been keeping in touch, but yeah, the last time I saw you was a, a quick flyover through uh, Bangkok. We were all hanging out at the uh, Conrad, I think, right? Yeah, it was a f- really fun spot. And actually, it was cool because you had access to the – what hotel were you staying at? Was it the Conrad? And you had access to like the um, some kind of like a lounge. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, it was the Conrad Hotel in Bangkok, and uh, they gave us the – uh, executive level access because uh, I have the diamond status. Yeah, and it's funny. So if anyone not is not aware of it, I actually had never been to one of those lounges before. I think once I don't even know how I got in. I, I think like someone brought me up or something. But it turns out that these hotels have kind of like a business class lounge, like you would find an airport where you go there. There's free food, there's free drinks, and it's kind of just like a place to hang out. Yeah, and I mean. In the U.S., it's a little bit different, uh, but abroad, I mean, they got the happy hour with the, the drinks. Like, they were making cocktails for us, I remember, and uh, they had a pretty decent spread. I mean, I wouldn't call it dinner, but it was very filling. Yeah, but the, the problem with that, though, is when you have it for free, it makes it really tempting just to eat that food every day and not go out and not experience the restaurants in the city. That's true. That's true. Um, it does kind of make it seem like you don't need to leave the hotel ever, doesn't it? Yeah, and then it's uh, yeah, it's kind of a waste because I mean, as tasty as it is, it's never going to be as good as like getting Thai food in Thailand or, you know, going you know going out to an actual restaurant. But it's just that um, it, it makes you. F- I mean, I guess for business travelers, it's good because then you don't have to waste time going out. You can have you know your meeting, you have some food, you can do some work, you can you know get an early night's sleep. Uh, you know, you might be jet lagged or whatever it is. So I, I understand the concept of it, but I think f- as a normal traveler. I would be tempted just to have all my meals there and save the money. That's true. I mean, especially if you're trying to, you know, be a digital nomad. I mean, there's a few ways to go about it. But if you're going to go this fancy hotel route, um, you're definitely not going to be able to, you know, 
be able to hang out with all the locals, try the local food and get the actual flavor of where you're staying at. Uh, but definitely for business travelers, you know, if you're, if you're busy or sorry, if you're busy or if you need to do business meetings, that was a great place to, you know, just have a meeting to like sit down and just talk about work. Yeah, it is cool though. So like, I guess in, in, in general, before we start talking about the t- uh, process of getting into Thailand and the quarantine, I am mm-hmm. curious, like, how do most people get access to these these lounges? Well, I mean, there's a few ways to go about it. The, the simplest way, if you're just, you know, regular person who's not doing too much business travel, is just getting the uh, credit cards, like the Hilton, uh, I think it was the Aspire, or one of them, one of the Hilton American Express cards gives you diamond status for a year if you hit the minimum spend along with a whole bunch of points. Uh, that's probably the easiest way to do it. Um, but otherwise, you have to stay at a hotel uh, 60 nights a year uh, in the Hilton system uh, to get diamond status. Yeah, that, that's hard to do for for most people, unless they're, yeah. I guess, living in the hotel for two months or they're a business traveler. Yeah. If you're a business traveler, it's not that hard, especially in the U.S. Um, you know, people go on, you know, conferences, expos, things like that. You know, if you do it once every month for five days, you hit 60 already. So, yeah. Okay. Definitely makes sense. So, uh, speaking of which, what hotel are you staying at now? Uh, I'm actually at the Marriott. Uh, I'm at the Aloft Hotel. Uh, I have to do the state quarantine. And so it was a choice between uh, the Conrad, um, I believe the Doubletree, the Aloft, and a few other ones. And uh, the Marriott had a deal for double nights and double points. And it was actually half the price of the uh, Doubletree. Um, I think it was half the price. Might have to check that. But uh, So that's why I decided to go with the Aloft. So, so, so get my item status. Yeah, so what are the actual like uh, requirements now for for quarantining? It's I guess it's end of. It's a pretty it's like, long list, actually. Yeah, no, I mean like not, not um, the actual hotel, but like what do you actually need to do to get into Thailand right now? Like, it, so it depends on if you're going for the NSV visa, which is the uh, extended visa, the 90 day visa that you're allowed to renew three times for a total of nine months, or if you're just going to go for the standard like you know visa free entry um i'm assuming most of the listeners here are from the u.s or from a country that doesn't require uh visas um in that case uh you have to go to the thai embassy uh website uh and look up something called coe certificate of entry and then uh there's a link that links you to all the things that you have to do uh to get into thailand uh the coe stands for certificate of entry and there's an online form you have to fill out. It's a three-step process. You have to get a whole bunch of stuff. Um, but I can go over the steps with you if you want. Yeah, yeah, please. So just let everyone know, so Andrew's American, but you're flying in from Taiwan. Would things that have been correct. different if you had fl- flown from the U.S.? Um, a little bit. Um, in the U.S., actually, starting April 1st, supposedly, so in two days, if you flew in from the U.S. or fly in from the U.S. with uh, a signed form that you are vaccinated um your stay doesn't have to be 14 days uh it only has to be 10 um obviously you know it's better to have no quarantine but at least it's shorter um but for taiwan which is in its weird uh political limbo um they don't have the vaccine yet so you have to quarantine for 14 days okay okay and what were those three steps uh, so step one is you fill out the online uh, website form. Uh, the first step, you have to, you know, have a picture of your passport. Uh, you need to have filled out all your basic information. And then the most important thing is to 
have chosen a website, a Thai website, to get uh, health insurance. It has to be a hundred thousand U.S. dollars worth of health insurance for COVID. Um, there's links that they provide for you to get that insurance. Um, it's for either 30 days, 45 days, or 90 days, or a year. Um, the one I got is just for 30 days, and that cost uh, $4,500, baht, I believe. Um, so but, you know, the longer you stay, um, the prices go up, but if you yeah. count it per day, it gets cheaper. Okay. So for – you said you did it for one month? Yeah, for 30 days. And it was 4,500 baht, which is $143. That's actually kind of pricey. I mean, I, I guess it's not that bad, but it's like five bucks a day. It is a little bit pricey. Um, like I said, the longer you stay, the cheaper it gets. I remember seeing that the rate for a whole year was only, I think, 9,000 or 10,000 baht, in which case it comes down to like a dollar a day, in okay. which case it really makes no difference. Um, it just It's just one of those things, I guess, supposedly they said that there were a few people who passed away from COVID and they didn't have insurance so you know that ended up being this limbo with trying to get the body home and stuff like that so mm. yeah they could just cremate me and uh throw me into the uh phuket ocean i'd be happy with that <laughs> yeah i mean do it the hawaiian way right yeah like i i honestly like i think it's crazy to send a, a body like from one country to another i mean i understand some people want to have that you know they want to have a funeral but you can have a funeral with with ashes like there's there's no reason why you need to send an entire body like a dead body on a plane back somewhere just to get buried like you know cremate me send the ashes in a ziploc bag dhl overnight or you know <laughs> second day air whatever it is like and be done with it yeah well i mean i have no idea but i look at the fees in like the u.s and even cremation is pretty freaking expensive so <laughs> Oh man, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it is crazy. Like even like when my my cat in, in college passed away, it was like, you know, they're like, you know, they're like, okay, what do you want to do with the body? I'm like, I don't know. Like, what do you normally do? They're like, well, you can either take it and bury it. And I, I was, I guess I could have just done that. I don't know why, but I think I was too uh, kind of you know heartbroken at the time to go get a shovel and you know, go to Home Depot buy a shovel and all that. So I was like, okay, what's the other option? And it was cremation. And it was expensive. It was like a hundred bucks to do a group cremation. And if I wanted an individual one so I can have its ashes, then it was like two, three times the price or something. Wait, so what's I mean, I'm like a group a group cremation just sounds like you don't get only your cats. No, no, so you don't yeah, so you don't get the ashes at all. It's just kinda like and the thing is like I'm like, I don't need the ashes. Sorry, you broke up on me one more time. Like it means you don't get the ashes at all. They just kind of, you know, they they dispose of the of the of the animal, but you don't get the ashes back. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't really need the ashes. Like, I don't know why people hold on to these these symbolisms. You know, it'd be like the same of having a photo of a person or I mean, you know, or an animal. I think it's mostly for the people who are still living, right? Yeah, but I'm like, I'm like, what, like, what, what's a jar of ashes gonna do that a photo can't do? Like, a photo of the cat or the photo of the person is way more meaningful than a jar of ashes yeah i mean um although i mean the people are weird right I've, I've heard people taking their ashes and getting them you know pressed into diamonds and stuff so oh god I mean, you know what are you doing i'm wearing grandma on my right hand or yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i understand people and their and their symbolism but that's a totally separate topic i guess <laughs> but I, I actually remember <laughs> my uh i 
I, I filled out a, like a health directive to my cousin who's a ER doctor. And I uh-huh. said, Hey, if I die while I'm away, like, please, um, like th- this is signed and dated. Like, this is what I want with my body. And it literally says, do not send my body home. Don't waste money on a funeral. Like just like cremate me wherever I am, you know, and then have like a, like have a small ceremony somewhere. Like that's it. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm looking at the cost right now. I mean, in the U.S., it's between four to seven thousand dollars. It's crazy. Um, well, but obviously, the, the insurance yeah. in Thailand—it's not just for that. I mean, it also includes yeah. like you know all the health insurance, uh, you know, all the fees in the hospital, you know, ICU, things like that. Yeah, so it does make sense, and 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 definitely in the first thirty days, someone's chance of having you know some kind of COVID-related uh, illness is much higher than if they've been there for you know three months or a year. So. It is smart that they're doing that. Uh, Ukraine does the same, where you have to show you have their COVID insurance. I don't know about the what. What? How would you rate the the website for Thailand? Because the one for Ukraine, I think it's like visit visit Ukraine today or something. It's so easy to use, and it's like the the process of choosing the insurance agent super easy. They're all the same price, so you don't have to worry about which one you use. Uh, I don't know if they do, they like display it in alphabetical order or something, but it seems like they almost kind of like randomly show you one and that way everybody gets a fair turn. Uh, Every company gets a fair turn. But anyways, you buy it. And the only strange thing was you choose the days from like, you know, one to infinite amount of days. And because I'm on a one-way ticket, I just randomly paid for 35 days. I have no idea how long I was supposed to get it for. Yeah, so for me, I, I just went for 30 days because I'm actually, I have to fly back to Taiwan for my residency card in the Taiwan, which is why I'm doing this trip. Um, it was easy to find the travel insurance. They have a big, you know, buy COVID travel insurance, click here, buy now, like flashing symbol, so you can't miss it. <laughs> um, so that's pretty easy. They're, they have all sorts of links on the Thai embassy website, um, but um, it was fairly painless um there were a few things that were unclear that i double checked on and i wish i had gotten the 45 days just because i realized that with the visa like your visa free entry thailand counts your first day as after you get out of quarantine so technically Uh you actually are in the country for 45 days you know the 15 14 days in quarantine and then when you exit quarantine that's day one of your actual visa stay but the insurance doesn't work that way. The insurance counts the day you enter as day one of the insurance. So there is okay. that slight discrepancy. So are you planning, are you on a one-way ticket or are you going back after 30 days? Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure what the rules are. Uh, I actually have to talk to someone about that. Uh, but it looks like I would have to either reapply for a new insurance or extend my current one and pay extra. Oh, that, that should be easy. Yeah. Okay. So, why why are you going back to Taiwan for your residency? What, what, what do you have there? So I'm I'm doing I'm getting my permanent alien residency card in Taiwan. Um, I can't get it without leaving the country and coming back. It's just one of those national immigration issues. stupid rules. Yeah, one of those really asinine rules. Um, and my mom has to physically be there. There's a whole bunch of weird, you know, archaic laws. So I have to leave the country and then fly back. And then when I fly back and quarantine another two weeks uh, oh after I get God. out, I can go to the 
immigration agency, and then they'll sign the paperwork, and then I'll have a permanent residency card. And after a year in Taiwan, I will have dual citizenship. So. Oh, cool. I mean, that's cool. And is that through blood? Like, because your your mom. Yeah, is it's through a familial uh, relationship. Uh, in Taiwan, it's through the uh, matriarch rather than the patriarch. Okay, that's cool. That, that, that you're gonna be able to do that. So you're gonna be able to have two passports. Yep. Yeah. Unfortunately, the Taiwanese passport sucks because it's not recognized in so many places that are uh, buddies with China. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a little bit tough, but I mean. You know, at the same time, since Taiwan is in a you know kind of a limbo, sometimes it makes it easier to do stuff with that passport, like um, trying to you know sign for things or get stuff done in like Vietnam or things like that. It's a lot easier. Okay, that's good to hear. Because the funny thing is, Georgia, the country of Georgia, they give one year visa on arrivals to pretty much everybody, and the, one of the very few countries that are that's not on the list is Taiwan. You just you're not even allowed to go in the country, like just because uh, to like Georgia gets so much funding and money from China that they're just like, all right, well, you know, nobody from Taiwan's coming here anyway, so like, yeah, yeah, screw them. <laughs> Makes sense. Um, I mean, yeah, most people in Taiwan they can get something called the Taibaozhen, which is like a a Chinese green card kind of a thing. It's it's like a it's kind of like between Canada and the U.S. You can get that certain card that lets you just go through the border without any checks. It's similar, so you could do that and then leave from China, from what I hear, and then go abroad. So, oh God, I don't want to do that. But at least you can keep your U.S. passport, then you'll be okay. Yep, I'll be I'll be having both. Yeah. So actually, I think a lot of people during this 2020 2021 travel lockdowns have finally been exploring second passports because before you know especially us having american passports it was never really that big of a deal you know we can go places and uh we can go to so many countries visa free like it's it just wasn't a huge deal but this year we all kind of had a reality check thinking like you know what actually if something else locks down again we're kind of screwed so we need to have a green card or we need to have a second passport yeah and especially with you know the u.s passport now not being you know, weighted as much as it used to, especially with, you know, all the coronavirus issues that the States has, you know, a lot of countries require vaccines and all sorts of stuff to get in now. And, uh, you know, for a while, they weren't letting people with U.S. passports into certain countries, which was an issue. So, yeah. So actually, I haven't talked about it yet, but I am getting my Ukrainian permanent residency. Oh, how, uh, what are the stuffs with that? That that seems like you could all have a whole entire another podcast on that. Yeah, it's it's through investment, so it's a hundred thousand dollar investment, and I'm gonna use it to buy a, uh, some property here. I'm gonna buy an apartment here. Oh yeah, how much is uh? What's the cost for that? It it's, it kind of ranges. Um, it really depends on you know exactly where you want it, but if you want to buy somewhere like in the actual city center, so you know f- for anyone kind of thinking of it, it's like the capital city of the country and like where everything is, you know, kind of the historical city center. Uh, things here kind of range from between a hundred to one hundred fifty thousand dollars for, like a like a one or two bedroom apartment. Uh, so prices are much higher than other kind of cheap countries. But at the same time, if you compare it to like Moscow or to London or to you know even like Barcelona or any kind of other big capital city in Europe, it is still actually much cheaper. Okay, yeah, no, it's, uh, that's I mean that sounds like a pretty good price. I mean. 
where I live in Colorado, definitely can't buy anything for that price. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the US is, is ridiculous. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I'm sure I'll talk about it kind of uh, more down the line as, as I continue through the process because it's going to be like a year long process as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, cool. Well, congratulations so, on that. Oh, don't congratulate me yet. It's it's been a kind of a pain in the ass to be honest, <laughs> but I think that they, all of them are. I think that any anytime you're dealing with bureaucracy and paperwork, it's always going to be a pain in the butt. I mean, bureaucracy is kind of the same everywhere, right? I mean, <laughs> no matter what country, there's always some archaic, roundabout, weird rule that you have to go through all these hoops just to do something so basic, like opening up a bank account or getting a, a notarized stamp from somewhere or something like that. So speaking of notary, so I went to the notary's office today with my attorney so I can give them um, power of attorney just so they can kind of do all the, the paperwork and, and stuff for me and, and I'll have to go to the, you know, the government offices all the time. Mm-hmm. And the actual like contract is instead of on a piece of paper, it's on like this really official kind of stamped. It almost looks like passport paper. But what's really funny is they're also not allowed to use a stapler. So they, to, to bind like the four pages, they used, and this is the first time I've ever seen this, they used a needle and thread and they sewed the, 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 the pages together. Like old school, like book binding style. Yeah. Like, but like with like four pieces of paper, like right in front of me, like she was like, just like sewing, like just sewing, like it's crazy. I mean, at least it's got flavor. It's character. Definitely. Character. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean that, that was kind of the more interesting uh, part of my my experience so far. But a lot of it is yeah, it is really just like crazy paperwork, like trying to um, get my like a clear criminal record. You would think that'd be pretty easy. You can just like email, you know, the the state or something, or go to the maybe embassy here. But no, they need they needed my fingerprints to be sent to the FBI in the U.S. to clear the record. Which you know, oh, I'm like God. okay, like that already. I'm like okay, that's you know. It's like a big hassle, but you know, whatever, right? It's not that big of a deal. But you have this ridiculous process where after they the FBI issues the certificate saying that you have a clean record, you have to bring it or send it to something called an apostle. And that person yeah, yeah, what is that? Like they, they have to somehow then certify that that actually went came from the FBI. And I'm like, this is insane. Yeah, and then that has to go through a, a another party. Um I have to do the same thing for Taiwan. I had the exact same thing. I had to get a FBI background check with fingerprints and, you know, have, I think it's in, from West Virginia, right? Uh, have it shipped to me. And then I had to resend it back to the office in Washington, D.C. to get it apple steeled by the Taiwanese government and then shipped back, which took like another two and a half months. Oh, God. Uh, but, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's pretty much the same thing, right? I mean, Every country requires that, and right now, when I when I went online and checked the FBI website, I almost almost blew my top because you know that said due to COVID, you know now it takes eight to ten weeks if you do it by mail, and I was like, <laughs> just nobody's gonna wait eight to ten weeks to get something they need in like thirty days. Well, you know, it's what I, I've already budgeted like up to a year to do this process, so I kind of uh, at least in my mind, I know it's not gonna be fast. Um, it's just annoying and everything, you know, just ends up costing a lot of money. Like the fingerprints, it was, I had to find a place to take my fingerprints and, you know, you can't really find the information here. So my lawyer was like, okay, don't worry. Like I know of a lawyer who can do it. So I met that lawyer came to this lawyer's office. Then he took me to this other random place 
where the guy actually did the fingerprinting and they didn't mail it for me or anything. They just like handed it to me afterwards. So I had to go to DHL and pay 60 bucks to send it to the US, which sounds ridiculous for two pieces of paper. But the funniest thing was I saw the guy pay the the actual fingerprinter like in cash for the service. And it was 500 grievance, which is like 25 bucks. And these guys charged me 350 because now there's two lawyers involved and the guy taking the fingerprints. Uh, I mean, hey, the middleman needs to get their cut, right? Yeah. Oh my God. I'm like, and and the the problem is, there's no possible way I could have found this guy by myself. You know, I mean, it's his fault for not just having you know like a Google like ad or something. And he instead of making 25 bucks, he can easily charge you know 50 or 75. But you know, that's the inefficiencies in the in the market, I guess. Hey, I mean, that sounds like a great way for you to capitalize on some money right there. Oh God, yeah, maybe. Yeah, so that's the process. Um, so in Thailand, you did you have a choice of a cheaper hotel you could have quarantined at, or were so those the options? There are. There, so, it, I mean, and they also have the golf quarantine, which, I mean, if you can afford it, why not? How, how uh, much is but, that? Um, it's ridiculous. It, it's somewhere, like, you're looking at, like, seven figures in Thai bot. I mean, you, you, you get to play golf while you're mm-hmm. in quarantine, like, at an 18-hole golf course with a villa. So it's... <laughs> It's a little bit ridiculous. So we're talking about like thirty thousand uh, US dollars, somewhere the, the around, somewhere around that, yeah. Um, wow. But with um, with the regular prices, the cheapest I saw was uh, twenty four thousand baht. Um, Just but a little bit less than that's a thousand dollars. Yeah, okay. eight eight nine hundred US. Uh, but I've already quarantined once in Taiwan. Um, that quarantine was by myself. It wasn't the worst quarantine. But I realized after the first time, if I'm going to do it again, I want to, since you're in the room for 14 days and you can't get out, you definitely want a nicer place with a little bit more space, want lots of sunlight. I, I almost went nutty as a squirrel the first time because I, you know, I didn't have enough. I had windows, but, you know, being in a big city, the windows I had were blocked by another building. So it was uh-huh. always gray and gloomy. Uh-huh. And that, that starts getting to you after, you know, two weeks of not being able to go inside. Like, I, I would love to see the sun at least once. Oh, my God. Um, Can you imagine having, uh, like, a windowless room for two weeks? It would be torture. I had a buddy who did that in Taiwan. He uh, he went for the cheapest quarantine hotel. It was, like, 1,200 baht and, uh, like, Which is like 45 US bucks. Okay. Yeah, and, like, they gave him three meals a day. But, like, it was, like, you know, the... It was like the lunch boxes, the Asian lunch boxes that you can get. It was like three of those a day, uh-huh. and uh, he didn't have a window. And um, he said he stopped being able to count days by like day eight or nine. He was like, the days and the nights just kind of mixed together. Like, you sleep when you want to sleep, you wake up when you wake up because you just can't tell time anymore. I think that's really bad for your body. It's like, it's literally torture for your body to go through that. Right. I mean, that's got to have some far-reaching mental consequences yeah but you know that price sounds really tempting though like 45 dollars like a lot of people probably listen to this thinking yeah you know what i can i can i can go through that and then i'll be in thailand but oh man i don't know i don't think it's worth it it's it's not i mean i i went through it with a small window and that was already bad enough um i think doing it once you can maybe handle it for a while um (laughs) But, but like, if you have to do it, like, multiple times, like, I'm going to have to, like, when I go back to Taiwan, you, you need a you need a bigger place. I mean, being stuck in a 
you know, 10 by 10 room or 15 by 15 room with no way to get out <laughs> is not exactly conducive for mental health, especially like, I mean, you know, people talk about this all the time, but like prisoners get to go out once a day and you don't. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Well, the thing is in uh, Sri Lanka, I really like their resort quarantine where it's about the same price as, as what you're paying now. Uh, mm-hmm. I, th- I think they, they start around 80 bucks a day with, with three meals, but they go, you know, they go up to like 200 bucks a day, depending on how nice it is, but you can use the entire hotel or resort grounds. So you can go to the pool, you can lay out, you can walk around. And if there's, if, if it's on the beach, you can even go to the beach. You just can't interact with uh, locals or other tourists. So they kind of section off the beach just in front of the hotel and to me, that is the easiest quarantine ever. You know, like you just go swim every day and go, you know, maybe even surf. Yeah. I mean, that that makes sense to me. I mean, yeah, I get it. You have to quarantine people, keep them separated. You don't want, you know, to spread. But I mean, the people who have to travel like for work, it's horrible. I know somebody, I know a pilot who will remain nameless. He flies for EVA or AVA Airlines in Taiwan and he flies somewhere gets quarantined for the two days or however many days abroad and then when he flies back he gets quarantined for a whole week again 10 days and then they let him out to go fly again and then come back i mean he's done that for a month and a half now and you know he hasn't been outside for six six weeks you know the only the only time he's outside is you know once every week and a half two weeks to go from the hotel to the airport and the hotels right across from the airport because it's cheaper for the company to keep it that way. So, you know, it's the only time he ever goes out and then, you know, you're stuck in a cabin in a plane for 10 hours and then. <laughs> oh my God. This is how people go stir crazy. Like I, I wouldn't do it. I mean, to be honest this year, 2021, or as long as things continue this way, my plan is to only get on a plane like when absolutely necessary. So if I can go six months without getting on a plane, you know, if I can go for a whole year without getting on a plane, that's what I'm gonna do. Yeah, I, I do. I do like going through the airport, though. It's kind of cool, to be honest. It's it's weird, but it's it's cool. <laughs> How has it been? Uh, I guess during 2021 for you flying. It's been. I mean, after having all the paperwork done, so like the prep work to get on the plane was pretty difficult. But the actual going to the airport. And everything else was really, really pretty easy. Like once you have the paperwork, you know it's it's pretty easy process. Like they checked my paperwork at the uh, airport in uh, Taiwan after I finished. It was just like regular, you know, getting onto a plane through the checks. Except for the fact that there's nobody there, so I finished the whole entire customs check-in process, security in less than five minutes. Wow! But did you have to get there? Like early because for Sri Lanka, it was the same. It was very fast, but they they said I had to be there four hours early just in case. Um, no, they didn't say anything like that for me in Taiwan. I arrived okay. there. In fact, the airport didn't even open up until five, and my flight was at seven, so there was no way to even get there early. So I got there mm-hmm. around five thirty. They checked my paperwork, got in there, you know, just wandered around for about an hour checked out the duty free at you know 6 a.m uh, in the morning and then i was on my way yeah and did you have to take a covid test before uh yeah so the covid test i think was probably the most annoying part 
of the preparation for uh, coming to Thailand. And ironically, it has nothing to do with the Thai government. Like every country requires you, for the most part, there's exceptions, but most countries require you to get that uh, RT-PCR test. And um, Thailand's no different. Uh, but the problem was with actually Taiwan's healthcare system. It's good, but it's constantly changing. So trying to get that test was very difficult and uh, lots of misinformation, just, you know, different places being updated all the time means not being able to have the most up-to-date information sometimes. Uh, so mm-hmm. for me, uh, it took me a good four days to actually be able to set up my COVID test and to get wow. it on time to actually get to Thailand. That was actually the most difficult thing. Okay. Um, Ironically, uh, getting yeah. all the rest of the paperwork for the steps for the uh, certificate of entry was actually pretty easy. Uh, Thailand approved me for step one within 24 hours. Uh, once I got my airline ticket in step two, along with my hotel, um, that was pretty easy. They approved me once again within 24 hours. So I had another 12 days to actually get my health check. And the problem with the health check is you have to get it 72 hours before you fly. Uh-huh. So I had to do it on a Sunday morning, um, okay. and so on a Sunday morning, there's not that many hospitals open, <laughs> mm-hmm. and they only do so many tests per day. So if you don't get that test on time, you're kind of SOL. A lot of you don't know this, but I've actually started a new sport this year. I started snowboarding. The only problem is snowboard gear is expensive, but I'm really excited that I found an alternative. Hey bosses, real quick, I want to tell you about this week's new sponsor, rerouted.co. It's a great place to list used adventure gear or to buy secondhand adventure gear. Not only is it better for the environment, not to throw things away and not to always have to purchase new, but it's a great way to save some money or even earn some money. So if you're trying to clear out your closet, you know, if you're moving around the world and traveling like I am, this is a great place to go on and list your items for sale. Or if you're like me, who just started a new sport, you can go and buy your snowboard boots, uh, maybe a jacket, maybe some bindings on rerouted.co. So check them out. It's rerouted.co. Uh, once again, www.rerouted.co. But it's seventy. It's up to seventy-two hours before, right? So you could have done it Monday as well, right? Well, that yes, except that when I called Monday, at all the hospitals was already full. So every single oh. hotel, uh, sorry, every single hospital I called in Taipei was already full on Monday for COVID tests for people that needed to leave or for work or whatever. And Tuesday wasn't gonna be wasn't gonna cut it because I left at seven a.m. on Wednesday oh. morning, so there was no way for me to pick up the COVID test. And then did you actually have to have the paper copy? Did anyone check it? Yeah. So actually, um, I requested two copies of it. And the first copy actually that I received, the Thai government kept. Like the, the actual paper copy they, they kept? Like when did they take it? Yeah, they, they actually kept the physical copy uh, right before customs. So when you, wow. enter Thailand, uh, when you enter Thailand, you get off the plane and they have all these empty seats for you, you know, just in case they're busy. But you walk through to, you know, the cross section of... Uh, so if you've been to Bangkok International, you know how it's kind of like two X's? Uh-huh. So you go to the middle of the X, and they check all your paperwork once and uh, make sure you have everything in order. And they you know, give you a little tag. And then you go to the second section, and they bring all the people from one plane at a time to customs. Once you get to the customs area, 
they have a, a set of officials that check all your paperwork. And at that point, they'll take the uh, health check from you and a few other pieces of paperwork, uh, like, you know, what hotel you're staying at and stuff like that. So they can, you know, keep track. And then you go through customs and then you're done. But they do keep that paperwork with them. Okay. So then if you had just a digital copy, you would have been screwed. Like you needed the, 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 the paper copy. You do need a physical copy. Um, and all the hospitals give you a physical copy. They actually, all the hospitals that I went to talk to, they all ask you if you want A, uh, how many copies and B, wow. in what language you need it in. Okay. So like That's nice. Taiwan asked you if you need it in English or Chinese or traditional Chinese or some other language. And for some people, they're like, what ID number do you need? Do you need like your country's local ID number? Do you need the passport number? Yada, yada, yada. They ask you that stuff. So, you know, it's funny. Taiwan sounds like they are really on top of it, but they limit the number of tests, which is ridiculous. Like, why do they have to limit the number of tests a day? Well, I think it has to do with just, so the tests are done in the emergency room and they're done outside. Um, I think it has to do with the fact that there's only so many people who can, they can do it for overflow that'd be my guess um especially because you know the emergency room is still running you know having you know actual emergencies come through yeah uh, it's not like they have another setup area um i do know that private hospitals are doing it as well but the private hospital prices were i think about double what the regular oh. you know, like national health plans were so, so how much did you pay for your test uh my test was five thousand taiwanese dollars uh uh, actually, five thousand two hundred Taiwanese dollars because I got two copies. Okay, what is that? That's hundred eighty-two bucks US. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty expensive. It, it was about half that in Sri Lanka, and actually in Sri Lanka, it was a pain in the butt to find a place that would do it, find a place that was open, um, and all that. But once I actually went, it was actually pretty simple. They they had a separate a tent outside of the hospital, so it wasn't even inside the hospital. It was about half that price. Uh, and it was very simple, but the funny thing was they only emailed me the copy. They, like, I had to ask them, you know, like, do I need the physical paper copy? And they were like, no, 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 you don't need it. And I was like, okay. So I walked out and luckily somebody overheard me. It was like, no, you do need it. Like, make sure you come back tomorrow and get it. Yeah. I mean, for these things, it's always safe than sorry. So I always ask for two physical copies, one for whoever's going to take it. And then another one for me to keep for myself and just in case. Yeah. Take a copy of that, just in case somebody else needs that copy. Okay, just to show people on the street, like when you interact with them, like, no, 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 I'm good. <laughs> you know, it, it's kind of ridiculous, but at the at, at some point, yeah, just because you know you're gonna run into someone who who's like, oh, are you safe? Or you're like, yeah, yeah. you know what? I actually have the paperwork. Just just leave oh. me alone. <laughs> can, can you imagine that? Like, you meet a girl on Tinder, and before you like before you go out, she's like, can I see a like can I see a, like your your most recent COVID test? Well, if, if they're gonna ask for that, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask for some credentials as well. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? That that could be our future, man. It, it sounds it sounds insane, but like it really could be the future. Like people want to see. I mean, maybe it'd be a safer future, right? Like, can you imagine if like on Tinder there was uh, the blue badge for you know verification of of your identity? Then you have like a green badge for like COVID verification. Then you have like a purple badge for that. You have all your STD tests that are recent. Like how crazy would that be? That'd be, I mean, and then you could have one for like, you know, like swine flu and avian flu and uh -huh. all like, you got the rainbow right there. Yep. There you go. So, well, I mean, yeah. you could just add that to the, uh, what is it? They have the, they're working on that vaccine passport, right? So 
could just add it to that. Yeah, and it's funny is they they tried to add a uh, height verification for, for men to like because uh, you know so guys couldn't just say that they were like six feet tall that they would actually have to verify it but the men like lash back they're like well if, if you're going to verify our height we want you to verify the girl's weight <laughs> how'd that go yeah that didn't go very well yeah so who knows so what day are you in uh, quarantine right now how long have you been in so thailand's a little bit weird so physically i've been in the hotel for seven days uh, but the way that Thailand counts it, they count day the day you arrive as day zero. So uh, on the Thailand calendar, I'm day six. Tomorrow okay. will be day seven. So tell me about your your schedule every day. What have you been up to? Uh, actually, you know, not being able to hang out with a lot of friends is sometimes a good thing and sometimes a bad thing. Uh, in this case, uh, just been getting my life back in order. Um, I wake up at seven, do some stretches and exercise just light um wake up after i do that you know brush my teeth get ready um do some work on the computer and then uh breakfast comes actually um they actually ask you what time you want breakfast so at lunch and dinner so you know i'm doing that uh with the way it's set up i actually get to intermittent fast without thinking about it which makes life a lot easier because <laughs> you know trying to intermittent fast when you have all that food around you in bangkok is, is really hard yeah so what what uh time schedule did you choose uh, so I get my breakfast really late and my dinner fairly early. I get my breakfast at uh, 9.30. Um, usually comes a little bit early. And then uh, I get my dinner at 5.30 and I get my lunch at 1.30. Okay. Well, I think that's a good schedule. Yeah, it's, it's, it's consistent and it's a lot better than me doing it on my own because, you know, if I'm out with friends or, you know, I have to set up a time where everyone can have dinner together, things like that, it always, it always you know, goes off. Yeah. So uh, are, are you able to order extra food if you wanted to? Yeah, definitely. Um, they have an extra menu for you to, you know, order room service, which is actually discounted uh, at uh, 40% off right now. Oh, wow. So any room service items is 40% discounted. Uh, I'm not sure if it's because of the rate I got with the state quarantine or if that's just something they're doing in general just to try to get people to spend more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I can get pizzas and stuff for like five bucks. Um, nice. I, I can you order like, can you order drinks or anything like beer or? So wine? Thailand, uh, I don't know why they have this rule, but Thailand stated that while you're in state quarantine, you're not allowed to have alcohol. They mm. doubt that they check your room or anything, but there's no option to purchase alcohol. Okay. So could you? I mean, I guess you could have carried it with you from Taiwan, but. Would you have been able to buy it after you landed in Thailand? So the, no. Uh, after you land in Thailand, all the duty shop, all duty free shops, all the shops are closed. So you would have to purchase before you get on the plane. Okay, pro tip, guys. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, and and definitely don't be carrying beer because that's just highly inefficient. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just get a bottle of whiskey, maybe two. Yeah, I mean those duty places do those duty free places are from what i can tell like they had some pretty big sales uh when i was in taipei like they were selling a mccollin like 50 year for i think like 30 percent off which is wow, still nice. ridiculously overpriced because yeah, yeah. i can't afford it i think it was like uh, i think it was like 80 to ninety thousand nt yeah. so like three thousand us dollars for a 50 year old mccollin but you know it's a 50 year old mccollin it's older yeah. than i am so I, i'm okay with a 15 year old 
right that that just costs like 20 bucks <laughs> yeah no 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 i think it's still like um i think it's still like a 80 dollar bottle of, of whiskey i have no idea actually how much it costs but they're not cheap yeah either way you know i wasn't gonna yeah. bother doing that and and you know why not take two weeks off from drinking i'm a person that you know typically drinks once a week at least so you know let my liver thank me <laughs> just once, once a week I'm pretty sure you're you're drinking more than once a week when I when we're hanging out. I said at least once a week. <laughs> okay. I, I'm fairly sure I said at least. If I said just, I I very much regret that, <laughs> and I regret that previous statement. It was uh intent. It was, it was intention behind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. At least once a week. <laughs> okay. So, uh, another tip for everyone: if you're flying through Taiwan's airport, pick up. A bottle of Kavalon, which is a award-winning whiskey that's made in Taiwan. And actually, they won the world's best whiskey award. I think it was like five years ago or something. But it's it's the one in the blue bottle, which I, I can never find anymore. They, they actually they actually had two winners. Uh, they had the blue one, and they had another color one. I can't remember what color it is, but I believe one was a sherry cask, and the blue one is a vino barrique. Uh, but yeah, those are both pretty popular. Um, if you're Flying through the airport, they're still a bit overpriced. If you get into the city, I think it's around a hundred dollars a bottle. Okay. Uh, but if just pro tip in general, if you're in Taiwan, buy whiskey. Uh, they don't have a liquor tax on that. It's the only like all the other alcohol has a tax on it, but whiskey doesn't. So whiskey is super cheap in Taiwan. That's weird. Why? Why would they not have a tax on just whiskey? I'm not sure if it's true, but supposedly it's because Chiang Kai Shek was a big fan of whiskey, so. Uh. That's why. Uh, and if you guys don't know, Che Kai Shek used to be the generalissimo of Taiwan for a while. So mm-hmm. uh, when they were writing the rules, you know, whiskey didn't get a tax on it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, kind of another one of those, like, I don't want to, definitely not a conspiracy theory, but one of those, um, what would you call this? Kind of a theory, right? Like a state theory is Russia purposely kept the prices of vodka very, very low just to keep people not happy but like keep people uh from protesting and being upset <laughs> you know during you know, um, the role I mean, yeah i mean yeah i mean it's like it's kind of like i mean it's like soju in korea right i mean could you imagine the price if soju's price went up in korea there'd be a heyday there i mean it's the yeah. number one most drinks beer in the world and you know there's 10 times less koreans than there are russians <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, the thing is, like, it's it, it kind of makes sense, right? If people are just, you know, if people are broke and they're unhappy, but they have alcohol, they're probably just going to be broke and unhappy at home. And, you know, maybe they'll complain to their friends. But if they're sober, broke and unhappy, that's when they hit the streets, they hit the internet, they protest, they, you know, they, they cause a scene. That's true. I mean, better for them causing a scene at home, right? For the government, anyways, not, not for the people at home. Yeah, exactly. But... Either way, drink responsibility. <laughs> responsibly, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, so, yeah. You know, and don't drink too much when you're alone in your room in quarantine. Yeah, you or home. you can uh, try out our our this week's sponsor, Athletic Brewing, non-alcoholic beer, because then <laughs> that way you can have the best of both. Is is that Athletic Brewing? I never even heard of this. Yeah, they're like a craft beer in the in the U.S. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there'll be a commercial break in here somewhere. You guys probably heard already, but uh that would be a, a good solution for you right now for during your week yeah non-alcoholic beer um i mean i prefer the alcohol in everything including my food but 
<laughs> you know, if I have to be healthy, I might as well at least have the flavor, right? Yeah. So who knows? Um, so your so the food's pretty good. Your your room is pretty nice. I'm assuming. Like yeah, it's a I, standard uh, Calif- no, not a California king, but a a large king size bed, two extremely large windows. Um, you know, tomorrow I'll send you some pictures so you can have some, so you can see how big the room is. Um, yeah. They have a, you know, they gave me a yoga mat. I have a sofa, large, thirty six, uh, no, maybe forty eight inch screen t- flat screen TV. Nice. Uh, they actually gave me Netflix and stuff for free. Wow. Just in case. Um, That's cool. I don't watch that stuff, but it's there if I want it. Uh, um, I would they have HDMI tables and all that to link your computer to your. Uh, tv as well so well so since you have some time and you have free netflix i would recommend queen's gambit if you, if you haven't seen that yet yeah everyone's been talking about the queen's gambit and they've been talking about the f1 sh- uh series uh show okay yeah there you go now you got um, something to do for the next 10 days right <laughs> so um, yeah so you have okay so so you've been there for about a week and then you said after 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 tomorrow you can start going outside for a few hours how does that work uh, yeah, so every country is a little bit different. Uh, Taiwan, you can't leave at all for the whole entire 14 days. But in Thailand, uh, they do a COVID test on the fifth day and on the 12th day. So I had a COVID test yesterday. Uh, that's covered with the hotel, which kind of makes the prices a lot more worthwhile. Um, and if it comes back negative, which it did today, um, they let you go out. Um, sounds like I'm you know, being paroled for good behavior, but... Um, Every afternoon, um, you can choose a time, and you can go out for that specified amount of time. You know, to go to the pool or, you know, to the gym, stuff like that. Nice. Okay. And can you leave the hotel grounds, or is it just within the hotel grounds? It's just within the hotel grounds, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah, but still, if you go to the pool or the gym, that's amazing. Yeah. To, you know, get all that pent up energy out. Yeah. Okay. So, so what did you choose? What, do you, what was your time schedule? I'm hitting the pool tomorrow uh, at two, you know, some sun, some, some swimming, you know, just to breathe some fresh air as yeah. much as like, you know, the gym, I'll hit the, I'll hit the fresh air first. So, so can you, can you not do both? Um, so they typically give you one to two hours. Um, I'm just going to go out for, two, you know, two hours or however long they let me out tomorrow. Uh-huh. Um, and then afterwards, the day after I'll, I'll hit the gym and probably do an hour of each. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense to, to do to, to have both. But yeah, tomorrow I would definitely do the pool first because I'm I'm sure you're, you've been cooped up. Do, do your windows open even? Um, no, but it makes sense. I'm on the 25th floor. Um, okay. Very few places let you open the large windows on a 25th floor just for safety. Yeah, that makes sense. Man, it is crazy. Like, I'm wondering if we listen to these podcasts five years from now, if people you know how we're gonna to react to it because right now it just seems like a very normal like oh yeah yeah you know some you know after seven days you can go off for two hours i wonder if we're gonna look back and thinking like oh my god that was an insane time we were prisoners it, it's kind of crazy i was doing the math um just from going to taiwan coming back to thailand going back to taiwan i'll have spent six weeks in a year in quarantine i also have spent 10 percent of the year locked in a in a room <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, that's insane, man. And like, I'm so lucky that I never actually had official quarantine. I had something called curfew for 
two months, which is a very long time. But so I wasn't allowed outside of my building, but at least I was able to like walk around and I had like, I had a pretty, I was in a kind of a hotel and we were the only guests. So we had all those rooms. So I would go to the rooftop to do some yoga. I would like, you know, go down to the living room to, to kind of as like my co-working space. I would sit on the balcony and do my work there. And then every three days we were allowed to go out for half a day to go to the grocery store. I would go to the beach. So it was still hard, but it was like, I can't, I can't imagine just being in a room even for two weeks. I, I think it just, I like I've now known a lot of people who have done it. Um, my buddy, Sam Marks is, is in uh, Phuket right now. He went through it. He kind of went through a very similar experience as you. He, he, he upgraded to like a, a suite and cause he just wanted the, you know, the space. Um, and actually the only person who had a really bad experience was my buddy, Bill Chope, who was on this podcast that he did it. In, he did it in South Korea. And you would think there, everything would be very smooth, like Thailand, but he just had like the bad luck of the draw because you weren't, you weren't allowed to choose the hotel. They just randomly assigned you a hotel and his hotel for whatever reason had terrible food and he wasn't allowed to order or pay for extra food. So I'm not allowed to order from like Food Panda or uh, Grab or things like that. Um, I can only order through the room service menu, which he is couldn't an even issue. do that. But I mean, he couldn't even do that, and he was like st- actually hungry still, like because the, the meals they gave him were too small, and he just could not pay for extra food. Oh wow! Okay. That, yeah. Yeah, that sucks a lot. Yeah, and I think it was because what had happened was the government had taken over the hotel, so it was no longer being run as a hotel was being run as a government quarantine center uh i heard you know i heard i heard that they had something like that in thailand uh at the beginning of the lockdown with state quarantine hotels but that was i think that was like four months ago and they 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 managed to fix most of that they got the kinks out so i don't know if if your buddy was just bad luck just because everybody was just starting that quarantine at the and everyone's trying to figure it out or just yeah, that, that might have been it. But then I also, then I met some people who were like, yeah, I'm ordering Food Panda every day. I, I mean, when I was in Taiwan, that's what I did every day. I ordered <laughs> Food Panda and Uber Eats every day. Uh, you know, I didn't have a kitchen, so that's that's why. Uh, but, um, and also in Taiwan, I was staying at an actual studio home rather than uh, at a hotel, which was the other difference. Mm-hmm. So what is, what is your plans kind of after this uh, quarantine uh, is over? Are you gonna just gonna stand, are you gonna hang on Bangkok or are you gonna travel a bit? So Bangkok mainly. Um, you know, uh, I'll stay at the Marriott. The for all of you guys who like to travel, the Marriott has a double nights, double points deal right now, and uh, the Marriott uh, Marquis in Bangkok is only a uh, thousand baht a night. Actually, oh, it's cheap. It's like thirty bucks a night. Yeah. So. 30 bucks a night get double points for it you know get my status get the uh get more happy hour and such not that i'll be using it but it's always nice to have it there and and when you say double nights what does that mean um it's just for um it's just for you know running status so for example i said the hilton requires 60 nights per year Mm -hmm. but if it's double nights you'd only have to say 30 nights but it would count as 60 nights okay Okay. Yeah, because I I think when people first hear that, they think you're getting, like, buy one night, go one free or something, but it's not like that. Uh, yeah, no, it's just it's just worth – for every night you stay, it's worth – it's counted as two nights for you to reach the next level of, uh, you know, benefits in their okay. uh, brand status. Got it. So 
if I was you, I would probably head down to Phuket or something because I heard right now there's like there's like very few people there. Everything's cheap as well, you know, and the weather's probably pretty nice since it's March. Yeah, um, you know, I'm trying to figure out what to do for Songkran or Songkran or how you pronounce it. The uh, the Thai New Year, it's coming up. It, you know, it happens a few days right after I get out of quarantine, but so far uh, all is quiet on that front. But hopefully there'll there'll be something to do. Um, yeah, I mean it's always I fun in it Chiang. Two years in a row. <laughs> yeah, it's fun in uh, Chiang Mai or kind of anywhere that has like a walking street. It, it's it's always a, a fun time. Yeah. Well, I heard that they're the government is saying that it's not allowed this year. Like, yeah, it's, it's they still going to have the traditional <laughs> traditional things, but like they don't want people you know on the streets, water gunfights and such. It'll still happen. I'm I'm assuming. <laughs> Yeah, I did. I just got to find out where it's happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it might be like for sure to be on a smaller scale, but like it's hard to stop people from buying a water gun at Seven Eleven and, and walking around with it. That's true. That's that's very true. Yeah. Although you know, it's pretty obvious where you're. You know, if if I can't find where the party is, I'll just be looking for the person with the water gun and just follow them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if anyone's not familiar with Songkran, it's a countrywide water gun fight for. It's only supposed to last three days, but it normally goes for an entire week. And it's the most fun thing I've ever done. But at the same time, you get so tired after four or five days of being drenched, like, 24-7. Like, you can't go anywhere. You can't go eat. You can't go to the grocery store. You can't go to the ATM without someone spraying you with water. <laughs> and I, You know, I, and I've, I've actually wanted to go for a long time. And both this year and last year looks like uh, it's going to be very toned down, so... Maybe maybe next year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is a, a, a strange time to be in Thailand because on one hand, it's probably one of the best times because everything is so cheap. The nature is so beautiful because there's so few people. The air quality is probably better just because there's less, you know, uh, cars driving traffic. around. The traffic. There's no, yeah. I mean, there's still traffic, but like, Much you know, less, that probably. bank talk to like city center from the airport. Uh-huh. Oh, man, it goes so fast. Yeah, was, that's nice. Shocked. Yeah, so then everything's cheaper. Even the taxi rides are cheaper because there's, you know, the the, the drives are, are shorter. I would love to be in Thailand right now, but this is this is going to be my first year that I'm going to skip it. it. just It's not worth me flying there, and I'm not willing to quarantine either. I was actually, you know, I actually had you send me info about Ukraine. I was actually thinking about going to the Ukraine. Uh, the biggest issue for me with Ukraine was actually coming back back to taiwan that was my biggest okay. problem because because the 72 hour mark is just impossible to hit from that far away because uh. uh, taiwan requires a COVID test as well also 72 hours before you fly and trying to get that and then also because you know the flight from the ukraine to taiwan would be a two-part or three-part flight by the time i get to taiwan the test might already be expired yeah yeah which was which was the biggest issue i was like i can get to ukraine but i don't think i can get back wow yeah because i guess there's not that many direct flights from uh kiev to taipei that was the other problem like the the cheapest flights from kiev to taipei all flew through china oh yeah and i didn't know what they're not clear on their rules yet like hong kong is like well you can stay but only for this many hours and if you're more than this many hours then you also have to apply for all our local checks and all our uh-huh. paperwork and i was like oh no if i screw up anything along this flight i'll just be stuck somewhere yeah well you know what? i'm i'm looking right now there there's one flight from uh kiev 
it's on Emirates. It goes from Kiev through Dubai to Taipei. It's uh, but it's like six hundred eighty. Like yeah, it's a twenty-three hour, twenty-four hour flight actually, because you have eleven hours yeah. in Dubai. Yeah, and it's seven hundred bucks, which is pretty pricey for a one-way flight. Yeah, and that that was the other thing. Like, I was like, I saw that flight, and I was like, what do I do for eleven hours in Dubai? And well, if you, if you have lounge access, leave. it'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> well, but the thing is, I don't think I'm allowed to leave the airport. Yeah. Yeah, but if you have lounge access in uh, Dubai's airport, it'd be great. That's true. Um, I probably, I think I do. Uh, with the the pass that everybody has, the priority pass. The party pass. Uh-huh. I don't know how many. I don't know how many places are still open. You know what? I on my on my flight here, uh, I was surprised. There, there was a lot of them are closed, but at every airport, there was at least one that was open. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, and especially your yeah. So I went from Colombo, uh, Sri Lanka, through Dubai to. Uh, Kiev, actually Dubai, everything's open. Like Dubai is the airport in Dubai looks like it could be 2015 from you know or before pre-COVID. Like it's not packed. It's it's, it's probably like 40 percent capacity, but everything is open. It, it feels normal. Oh, okay. Oh, dang. Yeah. That's too bad. Maybe I should have taken advantage of that. Well. Oh. Yeah, actually, and you know what? Oh man, no, you would have had no quarantine at all. You just needed a I- a, a test. Okay, same test that I needed to go to Thailand, huh? Yeah, so you would have just got the test and you would have showed up and you would have had zero quarantine. Your life would have been simple. Just, just the return part. That was that's yeah. still the one. That was the that was my one and only issue mainly. Just... Man, well, at least you know, at least you have some good Thai food. <laughs> right. I mean, d- definitely lots of Thai food for for very cheap. Um, oh, I'm gonna hit up that um uh, that place I saw on YouTube. That fifth. I hope it's still around. That that I think is like fifty baht. Uh, all you can eat buffet stand next to the park. Uh, I haven't seen that. Uh, it's on. It's on YouTube. Like, there's a lot of people who've done it. I think Mark Weens and like the two dollar. Strict... It's like wow. a dollar twenty five dollar fifty buffet. Okay, fifty baht buffet in Bangkok. I never heard of it. Yeah, it's just it's it's uh it's next to the park, um, Lumpini Park, and uh, okay. it's yeah it's there Monday through Friday. It, like if you go on YouTube or just on yeah, yeah. I see it the dollar twenty nine, all you can eat high street food buffet, Mark Wines. Yeah, yeah, dude, this Mark guy really loves his food. Like he's not like just uh you know making videos. I think like this guy is like. I don't know what the word would be like. Uh, he's like uh, he's like addicted to to, to to food. He is, and and I just don't. How does between him and a few of the other guys you see? Huh? I don't know how they can eat that much and be that skinny. Like they must yeah. just work out, make videos, and eat. And that's no. Just... The, they they prepare for it. So uh, I was talking to the the general manager at Ministry of Crab, and she said that they had Mark Wines come with like seven other bloggers or something. And they like okay. prepared for that meal for like days in advance. They would like skip meals and like, or like, you know, limit themselves. Like, I don't know exactly what they did, but like they basically prepared for that feast. They're like, and they, when they sat down to eat, they weren't just like typical food vloggers where they, they would just like, what I hate is like, there's, there's some food vloggers where they always make the same damn face every time they eat something. And I'm like, you didn't even taste it yet. You just like kind of like posed and you're like, Oh, this is the best thing I've ever had. I'm like, like chew the food, like taste it, and then tell me like if it's good or not, you know, or tell me if it's bad, you know. But like she she said that like 
Mark and like the other food vloggers, they like would, you know, they would film, they would not talk for like 10 minutes and just like enjoy the food and then they would film again, which is kind of cool. Okay, nice. Nice. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I mean, I look at the amount of food they put down. I'm like, oh man, that's, if I could eat like, you know, half of what they eat, that would be amazing because it all looks so delicious when they eat it so you're like oh man i want that and then you get there and you're like oh man i can't even eat like a quarter of all the things that i wanted to eat this is so depressing <laughs> uh, we gotta work out more man <laughs> yeah. hey i mean like when we did i mean remember actually i think that was with you when we went to the bangkok uh dim sum place oh that was that good was like, yeah, yeah that yeah. was delicious but yeah. even then i felt like we, we weren't able to put away that much like we, we we tried yeah <laughs> and we actually had some of your buddies join us and help as well didn't we i yeah i remember that they, they just like randomly were there which is funny yeah, yeah and still i think we only ate like 15 plates of dim sum only 15 plates of dim sum i mean you look <laughs> at these guys and they're putting away like you know 40 or something That's ridiculous yeah, yeah. so this was the uh all you could eat dim sum buffet in bangkok oh i, I miss these days i miss thai food i miss asian food that's the one thing that you that's not good in Ukraine. Like all the other food is amazing here. Like you can get really good European food, obviously Russian food or Ukrainian food. Uh, and you can get really good like pizza. You can get really good steaks. You can get really good Middle Eastern food or Turkish food. But Asian food is the one thing that they're lacking. Huh. It, it, like all like all of it? Or is it like is there certain I mean, ones that are just like completely missing? I mean, they have it. They have everything. It's just not good. <laughs> like, I went to have ramen, <laughs> and I'm like, this doesn't even taste like ramen. It's like they're not even using the right noodles, you know? Like, then I went to some place called Duck Please, uh, and they had roast ducks in the window. And I was like, oh, this looks like it's going to be legit. And the roast duck was – the duck itself was okay. But then, like, instead of using egg noodles, they were using, like, udon noodles or something. I'm like, what the hell is this? That's, that's, that's the Asian pickiness coming out, right? Just like, oh, dude, wrong noodles. Not starchy enough. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like, I mean, it's hard to explain it, but like, it's, it'd be like to an Italian, like, like, let's say you, you know, they just ordered like, I don't know, some kind of like, they, they wanted like a tomato based pasta or something, right? Like a, like a fettuccine ragu or something, you know, or spaghetti balconese, which is what we call it. And imagine uh -huh. if it came and it was like, I don't know, like ramen noodles or something, you know, with the sauce and, or if it came with like with like buckwheat noodles, they'd be like they'd look at it, but like what the hell is this? It's like that, this is like two different countries. Okay, I get you. Yeah, that yeah, that would be the, like in your mind you're expecting a, but then it's not even close to a. It's just off. Yeah, or like you know, like even if you ordered a burger and it came on like an English muffin, you'd be like, I mean, I'll, I'll eat it, but it's like this just doesn't go together. I'd, I'd just be like, oh, McDonald's, man. <laughs> 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 or a breakfast burger those are good though i do miss those yeah actually oh actually on that note how is mcdonald's in the ukraine is it similar or is it like way different do they have like a special unique item yeah yeah they have uh you, the ukrainian burgers which they made me order because i was like I, I, so I ordered a big mac and i was like oh what's something else and i was looking around and she's like ukraine burger and i'm like uh okay give me that and it it just tastes like a it, it it doesn't taste special at all. It just I think it uses brown bread instead of white bread, but yeah, there's nothing special. So it's not like other countries where they'll have like spaghetti burgers or something. Or, or like, have like a um, yeah. What's like a weird one you've seen? I think it was Thailand, or maybe it's not Thailand. It was one of it was one of the Southeast Asian countries. But I saw a, a green pea pie, like oh. you know, there's apple pie, oh, banana pie. pie. Yeah, 
Yeah, but then I saw a green pea pie in Southeast Asia. That was I was like, oh, that's weird. Oh, I I I tried stuff, but that one was like, mm, I can't even tell if it's gonna be salty or sweet. Yeah, the one thing I miss about McDonald's in Thailand is the fried chicken. Yeah, McDonald's does really good fried chicken in Southeast Asia for some reason. Like, yeah, way better it, than KFC. Well, it's different, right? And it's way cheaper too for some reason. But they they did it just because KFC had such a big market share that they had to. Mm-hmm. Um, that they had to introduce it. So I've actually had them side by side. Uh, I was actually at the Bangkok airport and I had some time to kill. So I ordered two pieces of McDonald's fried chicken and then two pieces of KFC fried chicken and I had them side by side. I would say the KFC one is still better. The, the McDonald's has the McDonald's one, it tricks you because it has more flavor because they add kind of more spices to it. So like you would think it tastes better because it's more flavorful uh, as in sauce wise like seasoning wise but the actual like flavor of the chicken itself the kfc does a better job okay like the the juiciness and like yeah the exactly actual chicken. yeah okay what about the infusion uh it's also different right where the the mcdonald's one is crispier and they use more breading and and the, and the breading itself has like red sauce on it so you would think it's better but comparatively the the KFC one is just like a better texture. It just you know, it's just better made. Has less breading. It's just it, like the KFC was like it, it was really better in every way. It just it was it was double the price. Uh, but I think maybe just because KFC right now, I mean McDonald's right now has been just trying to steal market share from KFC, so they the prices are artificially low. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's it's kind of interesting because like KFC kind of sticks to like the same thing in most countries for some reason. Compared to like McDonald's, which is always, from what I've noticed at least, has always their own kind of thing. Yeah, the one thing that KFC kind of messes up on is they don't push their sides that much. Like, it, it, it's KFC is one of the only fast food restaurants you ever go to, and you can just order the main. Like, you can just order like chicken, and you don't get you know you, you don't a lot of people never get coleslaw, they never get mashed potatoes, and never get corn or something. Like, you would think that they would push those more and just. In Ukraine, for some reason, I, I don't even know if they're even available. Like every time I go, I end up just getting four pieces of chicken, nothing else. Yeah, that's true. I mean, although in the states, I, I have to be honest, I don't think I ever go to KFC when I'm in the states. I, I always go to like Popeyes or churches or something instead. Yeah. But but yeah, when I go to KFC abroad, it's it's just the chicken. Like yeah. I don't ask for the fries, I don't ask for their chicken burger, I don't ask for their yeah. whatever. Just the chicken, yeah. So I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing, but it's really hard to find fried chicken in Ukraine be, uh, besides KFC. And KFC is actually pretty new here. Like they just opened KFC about a year and a half ago in, in Kharkiv, which is the second biggest city in Ukraine. And even in Kiev, the capital, uh, I guess there's, you know, two, there's two KFCs kind of randomly in the city, but most restaurants don't serve fried chicken. Uh, most, and there's not, you know, and, you can't get it in like random places. And I remember just like trying to find fried chicken and it was impossible because maybe, I don't know, maybe five, maybe a couple of years ago, there was no KFC even. And then I was thinking, you know what? Okay. This is the trade off. This is why, yeah, this is why everyone here is skinny. <laughs> well, but wait, what about Taco Bell? <laughs> nope. No Taco Bell here either. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, some trade offs, like it's uh people are way healthier here. Like, like you don't see, you almost never see obese people here. Um, mm-hmm. it's not like in the U.S. where it's just like, you know, half our population is is 
severely overweight. But here, everyone's walking all the time. Um, it's just a uh, yeah. I mean, huh? is 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 I mean, forgive my ignorance here, but um, is chicken Kiev Ukrainian? Is that yeah. considered fried chicken or? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, actually, so if we describe it, you know, it's literally fried chicken that is stuffed with a pat of butter that melts when you fry it. Yeah. But the difference is, like, normally when you, if you eat it, it's like you eat one piece of chicken Kiev with, like, mashed potatoes and maybe, like, some vegetables on the side or, like, some salad or something. So the actual amount of chicken you're eating is really just a lightly breaded uh, chicken breast that's, like, wrapped into a, a ball and you put, like, a small piece of butter in it to keep it moist so it'd be like the equivalent of eating like half a chicken breast or something it's like it's not that much meat and it's not like a ton of breading either it's just like a little bit of breading oh, okay i've only had it in the states where you know everything is large sized so yeah and i didn't you know i i cannot check the ver you know validity of the chicken kiev i've had and how authentic it is yeah and actually i don't i don't even know if, i'm assuming chicken kiev comes from from kiev but it's not like an actual popular dish here okay I didn't know yeah, that either. It, yeah. It's kind of like how Thai iced tea isn't actually popular in Thailand. Yeah, you know, I've actually never gotten Thai iced tea <laughs> in Thailand, ever. Yeah, while in the U.S., that's like ubiquitous with Thai food. is like, oh, Thai iced tea. You know, we're, we're at a Thai restaurant, let's have Thai iced tea. Yeah, exactly. You know, that with that condensed milk. Ugh. Yeah. But, you know, it's America for you. <laughs> yeah. Cool. You so know, we got to make uh, it all. <laughs> Before we kind of wrap this up, any kind of tips or tricks or things you wish you knew before you went to, to Thailand and we went through this process? Anything you wish you would have brought with you or anything like that? Um, you know, this is the second time through Thailand. I really want a Switch, like a Nintendo Switch. Um, it would definitely make time pass a lot faster, like like an, an entertainment device. Like Netflix is cool, but I don't watch TV or videos very often. So for me, gaming would probably be a better use of my time. Not better use. I, I, I retract that. But a more amusing or entertaining use of my time. Mm -hmm. um, so Switch would definitely help. Um, besides that, um, I wish I brought like some workout bands or something like that to help out. Because being in the room, there's just not that much space to move around. So you have all this pent-up energy that you're not, just not sure where to spend it. You know, it's like, I guess I could do like jumping jacks in the room, which... It's not bad, but like, you know, at 10 o'clock when I still have energy to burn through, I, you know, there's people under me. I'm assuming there's people under me that are going to be complaining about it. So uh, I wish I'd had like, you know, stretch bands or workout bands, things like that. Um, also, I think I would have brought, uh, you know, at least like an actual physical book. Like I have a Kindle, with, which which is helpful, but my eyes get tired. Like I'm staring at, I'm staring at screens all day because mm -hmm. there's nothing else to stare at. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's either, you know, lay in bed, stare at the wall, do exercise, which you can only do so much of if you're not, you know, working out fully or staring at your computer or TV. Mm -hmm. So, you know, bring, bring a non-electronic hobby, you know, like if, pe if people paint, if people, uh, you know, draw, if people sketch, if people, you know, have handicrafts that they do or something like that, knitting even, you know, at least, you know, something where you're not staring at a screen all day. Yeah, definitely but also, makes sense. Yeah, uh, uh, but besides that, um, alcohol as well. If you if you <laughs> intend to drink, that's that's a necessary evil. Yeah, so I don't know if you've uh, ever played it, but you can download Hearthstone. 
and play that because it is free to play and it's and it's a lot of fun. Is that um? It's a Blizzard game that's based on Magic: The Gathering. Yeah, actually, um, oh, you know what? Um, I play uh Dungeons and Dragons on Sundays mm-hmm. in uh Taiwan, and uh, actually, I've been doing. I did it just a few days ago over the computer. It was a little bit iffy on the computer, but the people I like watching live stream that stuff uh online they are the voices uh what was it called uh critical rule they're the voices for hearthstone that's where i okay. heard of it oh cool um, yeah yeah so that i you know that burned up a lot of time that actually dungeons and dragons actually helped burn a lot of time for me on sunday that was like a good six hours gone which was <laughs> very nice like you know you're, you're off in a mentally different world so that was some nice respite well, good luck with quarantine. Uh, and enjoy the trip, and good luck with the Taiwan residency once you get back. Thank you so much. You as well. Good luck with purchasing that new uh, abode in Ukraine. I'll definitely have to come visit you at some point, uh, hopefully this year rather than next year, depending on how things are. Right. And uh, definitely keep in touch so we can uh, at least chat some more or see where everyone's doing on the other side of the world. Nice. All right. See you, Andrew. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Travel Like a Boss podcast. If you want to hear more, including the bonus, how to choose the perfect niche episode, join our mailing list at travellikeabosspodcast.com. See you next week. And remember, if you want to travel like a boss, you need to be your own boss. So start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of.